I always start this topic with the following Maisa. The Toldasaran Rebbe once said over Gavaldi Yisait, and he said, imagine a person gets to Shemayim after 120 years of being in this world. 120 years of being in this world, he gets to Shemayim. And they start the din. They start the procedure based in, they start weighing up his good deeds, his mitzvahs, they weigh up his aveiras, they start to see which one is on the heavier side of the scale. And it's not looking good. The aveiras are piling up over there. Mamash, aveira after aveira after aveira. And at one point, a bus, an English double-decker bus, comes running along, full, men, women and children, and puts itself on the side of the scale with all of the mitzvahs. And all of a sudden, boom, the mitzvah side of the scale goes all the way down, and basically say, oh, this guy, Ganeiden, off you go, got more mitzvahs than there is. And he thinks to himself, what? What's this bus? I never saw such a bus. I never saw the people inside the bus. I never did mitzvahs to these people. I don't know who these people are. This makes no sense. So they said to him, I want to tell you what happened. You were walking on the street one day. Innocent walk on the street. And there was a lady on the other side of the street that was dressed very inappropriately. Totally not sneers. And in the corner of your eye, you saw it. You noticed it, right? And you had a choice. Do I look? Because I really want to look. It looks very enticing. Or do I turn away? And you decided that I am going to turn away. I'm not going to look. At that exact moment that you did that, there was an Arab in an Arab city that was about to complete a bomb that he was going to take with him and go on a very, very busy bus at a busy time, a time that there were kids coming home from Cheda, from school, women were picking them up, men, women and children in that bus. And he was Rahman al-Itzlan, he was going to blow himself up on that bus and kill as many people as he could, Rahman al-Itzlan. And at the moment that you decided that you're not going to look, you're going to turn away from a sight that you very much want to see, that Arab who was completing the bomb made a mistake, the bomb exploded in his face, and he died, saving all of those men, women, and children. Your action saved the lives of the men, women, and children in that bus. Every act of chesed, Torah, mitzvahs that they did was on your cheshbon. You didn't even know about it. So the Toldos Aaron Rebbe, we don't even understand that when we're faced with a challenge, when we're faced with looking at something inappropriately, and we'll discuss a lot of this, then we have no idea the power of that maisa, of what it can be. Maisa, there are a few bochum in yeshiva, there are a few types of bochum in yeshiva. You know, there are some guys that come to yeshiva to learn. Some guys that come to yeshiva to learn, they want to learn, they're into it, they're ready to go. Some guys... They're not holding there, but they want to want to learn. Like, I'm not, I don't actually want to learn, but I would love to like want to learn. You know what I mean? And then you've got the, the guys who are like so far removed, who they want to want to want to learn, right? There are so many different types of people. And the truth of the matter is, anyone that comes to Yeshiva shows that he's willing to work, he's willing to learn on some level. But the question is, where are we holding? You know, people often say that this, this type of shir is not a to me. 
Yeah, I, I, don't, you know, I, don't, I don't really need to hear this. Watching my eyes. I don't really, it's not... Uh... So I'll tell you two things. First of all, as I said a moment ago, I think you're, I think you're a liar. I don't think anybody that can say, I don't suffer with these eight sorrows. And number two, if Sean Shadron one time came to America and he came to Barapak and he gave Shurim in Barapak and he gave a Shurim Shmira Shabbos. And they came to Rosh and said, Rebbe, why are you giving Shay in Barapak on Shmira Shabbos? Baruch Hashem, we're all Shmira Shabbos, we're from a Yidin, what, what are you doing? So he said the following. He said, when there's a fire, the fire department come and they put out the fire. Their job is not just to spray the place where the fire is, but they also spray the areas around where the fire could spread to. So Shalom Shadron, we're living in a world where there's a fire going on. People are not keeping Shabbos. People have a, don't have a shaykh as the Shabbos. True. Maybe over here you're showing me Shabbos. But things can spread. And we have to spread the fire everywhere. And therefore we, as people that are trying to work on ourselves, maybe it doesn't affect us as much as others, but it's everywhere. Wherever you go, whatever you're going to be doing, everything is available nowadays. As we know, we have in pockets nowadays... Worse opportunity for Tumah than they had in Mitzrayim. We're holding now in the pouches of Shemois, Ve'era, Boy, Bishalach, Yisrael, Mishpatim. This is Shovavim, right? Shovavim's time at Kalisa went down to Mitzrayim, the worst Tumah ever. And yet in our pockets we have Tumah which is worse than they ever could have dreamed of in the Mitzrayim. It's accessible, it's easy to get to. Touch of a button, you can get to anywhere in the world and anything in the world. We have to discuss it openly. I remember before I discussed it openly in an open way, I discussed it with Agoyna Godel Rabbi Zulobach Shlita. And I said to him, is this a discussion that I can have? Barabim? Maybe it's a private thing you have one-on-one. No, absolutely. It's ace This is something that people are suffering with. We need to discuss it. So of course it's a sensitive subject, but it's a subject that we have to discuss, that we have to understand. For a few reasons. For a few reasons, Rabbi Say. You know, the average person, the average person checks his phone, looks at his phone about 160 times a day. About 160 times a day. It's about every six minutes. Right? Make a cheshven. You'll see. Not, well, you guys over here, but there are people that are so hooked. Every six minutes, about 160 times a day, they're checking their phone. Now, that means that by the time they get to about 90 years old, look back in their life, and they see that about a third of their life they spent sleeping, Okay, to live. And a third of their life, they had a relationship with the machine. And what they saw in that machine, that's already a whole different situation. There's a uh, study that was made by Dr. Jeffrey Satinova in Princeton University. Now, this study was done in 2013. Okay, 2013 things were not as available as they are. They weren't as open as they are now. So, in other words, whatever the numbers... Everything's going to go and get a lot worse. He said in regards to pornography, that he said, non-Jewish person, it's as, as though we have devised a form of heroin, a hundred times more powerful than ever before, unable, that's able to be used in, in privacy of a person's own home and injected directly to the brain through one's eyes. It is a terrible, terrible thing. That a person has to realize the power of what this is and how far a person can go with it. The 
It's a claim that people make, by the way, that when I get married, everything's going to be fine. All right, but I'm a bacha. What do you want from me? I'm mar- when I get married, everything's going to be gewaldic. So, Rabbi Twersky, Rabbi Dr. Twersky once said, as we know, and we've said this many times, marriage is not a hospital, it doesn't solve any problems. If anything, it makes it worse. Because as we know, there are certain times that you're not allowed to be together. So if you haven't worked on your discipline, then you're never going to be able to work on it. Which means that every person has to realize, this is the time right now to be able to work on something like this. Imagine if you go with your friend to an ice cream store. Okay, uh, I remember a few years ago, I went upstate New York. There's a place over there, I never saw anything like this, where they have every type of ice cream, like in the wall, they have the faucets coming out. You go fill up any type of ice cream, all the toppings, you, do, you make as big ice cream as you want, you know what I'm talking about? And then you go, I don't even know what it's called, to be honest with you. And then you go and weigh it afterwards, right? It, it's amazing what goes on, all the different number of flavors. Imagine when you go with your friend, and you say to him, which flavor are you going to get? What are you going to choose? I'm paying. Whatever you want. It's all on me. And he says, okay, I'm going for vanilla. Oh, come on. You're going for vanilla? You could choose any flavor that you want. Toppings. This could be amazing. Yeah? And he says, yeah, but I, I don't know what any other flavor tastes like. I only know what vanilla tastes like. Yeah, but chocolate and you've got raspberry and you've got, you know, short, strawberry shortcake and you've got uh, cheesecake and you've got... Million of unbeliever. I don't know what they taste like. I only know what vanilla tastes like. Oh, how boring. That's what it's like in a world when a person doesn't know what it's like to live without pornography. To live without having to be able to be subject of your own animal instincts. Of doing whatever your body tells it to do. To be able to have the discipline to say no is something amazing. It's something very, very special. And it's something that we have to understand can be done and can be reached. Does it take time? Yes. Does it take effort? Yes. But to live a life where we're so involved with our tithers, where we're so involved with whatever our body tells us to do, we just do and we just look at and we just press and we just go to, then we're not really free. Hazal tell us, in ben chayun elamisha oisik b'torah, Mishnah Purkiyavas, you're only free if you're learning Torah. And everybody asks, what does that mean I'm free if I learn Torah? If I learn Torah, I've got to keep all the Torah. Keeping all the Torah means keeping all the mitzvahs. Keeping all the mitzvahs means keeping all the halachas. That's crazy. I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I can't do this, I've got to do my left shoe, my right shoe, I've got to put on this, wash my right hand, my right hand. It's ridiculous. All these, uh, this is not freedom. What's freedom? Freedom, we think, means the ability to do whatever we want. But that's not real freedom. Because when you could do whatever you want, you're a subject to your animal instincts, and to whatever your body tells you to do. Real freedom is the ability to do what needs to be done, to do what's right. And with that takes discipline. That's why Chazal tell us, When you're and you know there are rules and regulations of life, and you have the ability to follow those rules and keep within the discipline, you're a free person. Because you're really free. A person that does whatever they want, whatever their body tells them to do, whatever the computer tells them is luring on the other side of the screen, they're not really a free person. They're an animal. And they've got no freedom to do whatever they want to do. They've got no freedom because they're tied in their animal instincts. He said, imagine, if there's a fight between a little shepsala, a little sheep, and a wolf, and the wolf is trying to cut the shepsala. And eventually, 
It's a fight backwards and forwards and the shepherds are screaming. And all of a sudden it goes quiet. Why does it go quiet? It goes quiet because the wolf has the shepseller in a deathlock. It's got its jaws around its neck. And the shepseller knows any way I turn, I'm going to die. And he keeps quiet. Said Rebele Lopianda, the Sahara, the Sotan has us in a deathlock. That's why it's quiet. But we have to scream. We have to talk about this. Because if we don't talk about it, we're never going to get better. A bocha came over to me. I first gave this series of shiurim to a group of boys that were basically completely off the derech. Whatever that word means. Whatever that title understands it to mean. These kids were not showing Whatever. And a boy comes over to me, an 18-year-old boy. still remember him. Zisa Neshama. I don't know where he is today. Beautiful guy. He says to me, Rebbe, what does the Rabbi Nishlo want from us? What does he want from us? The HR is in our pockets. It's in our hands. We can do whatever we want, however we want. Nobody has to know about it. On the outside, we're gavalding. Nobody knows what goes on in the bedroom, in the bathroom, whatever it may be. What does the Rabbi Nishlo want from us? I don't know. But I do know. Now the Rabbanu created us with these Yetzirah in our generation with all of the temptations meaning that it may be very hard but it also means that we can fight it. It also means that we can fight it. We have to ultimately realize that the fight that we're going to put up for this is a fight that's worth fighting because it turns us into people that are more sensitive that appreciate our own relationship with our with our wives, Hashem, and that's a big one, Rabbi Yisai. We're going to talk about that as well. The 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 advantages, which we'll talk about maybe next week, advantages in your life and also with your wife. It cha- it's a game changer, and also within yourself to have the ability to be able to say no, to have the be- ability to look away when you want so badly to look. That's the mulchama of this generation. That's the mulchama of what we're going through. And and that's something we have to think about. That's something we have to fight. That's something we have to talk about. As I told you today, it's just going to be a little bit of an introduction. And next week, we'll go into more detail.